I'm not going to preach all that the Lord gave me uh, over the past week, but I just want to, I want to hit some things because I can feel it in my heart, uh, even as he was ministering uh, this morning to us. <clears throat> but the title of the message I would, would want to bring this morning, it's called The Tender Mercies of God and the Gospel. The tender mercies of God and the gospel. A couple weeks ago, I, I shared a message on messengers of mercy. And I just, for me, the Lord's been just pressing me, been pushing me to seek him on his mercy. Psalm 136 talks about his mercy endures forever. So in some ways, it might seem foolish for a man to preach on something that endures forever. The Bible says that his mercy is over all of his works. It's who he is. And so I, I'm like, Lord, I don't even know it all the way. But he's just saying, what I'm giving to you, just share it. And so I just want to do that. But be sensitive to the Lord. I also just, I feel in my heart, I just know there's people and I, I hear stories. And, but people in just difficult seasons and difficult times. Family issues, friend issues, life issues, job issues. You put that in perspective and then you keep us in the context of the world we're living in today. There's hatred, there's, there's bitterness, there's anger. And the Father, he comes to us and he shows us that he is tender. The Bible calls it tender mercies of the Lord. Can you open real quickly to Psalm 25? like there are some wounds that will be healed today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, I'm asking the teaching and preaching of your word, the magnifying of your son Jesus, that you would release your spirit to do signs, miracles, and wonders. I thank you for the heart transplant that's coming today. Thank you for your hand that's going to touch us and cause us to be a tender people, a merciful people, people who love you, who love your ways. God, would you help us to learn who you are? Help us to see who you are. I pray that we would leave all of the baggage and all of the situations we are in to the side. And let, let us make room for your word. Let us make room for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to step out in faith and just go with God this morning. But I remember, this was probably four or five years ago, I had one of, one of the greatest encounters in my life with the Lord. 
we had a conference, and at the conference we had a speaker, and he came and he shared with the, the leadership team, and I was able to get into the meeting, and he had talked about how uh, he and his son were in ministry together, and there was some tension between them in the ministry, and, um, but one day his son came into his office, and they were talking a little bit, and the son looks at the dad, and he says, Dad, I just need a father moment. And so he, dad says, come here, like sit on my lap. And he gives him, his son a, a long hug. And the son said, Dad, tell me what you see in me. And his dad just began to prophesy, release life and words of encouragement, just begin to speak into him. And when I heard that story, it made me realize how much in need I was for a father moment. And I had a good dad growing up. He was always there for us. He helped to take care of us. But it opened up something in me where I realized, like, I'm empty. I can't recall the last time the Father spoke things into my heart that really impacted me, that really moved me. It made me aware of my need. And so that weekend, or after that, that morning meeting, the same night, we have our service. And I just, I just can't get this story out of my mind and so we're at the service worship begins and I'm just I respond to the Lord at, at an altar call and I'm just on my knees and I'm praying and just like seeking him I need this father moment and the Lord showed up and I just remember him coming over me and it was like he he gave me a, the, the the strongest deepest hug I've ever received before but it was with my spirit it was deep within me, and there was something in me that was fulfilled. There was a void that was fulfilled in that moment. And it was the very tender mercies of God. I have a two-year-old girl, and I think so far one of my best moments with her was about a month ago. She was doing something she wasn't supposed to be doing. And so in my house, we discipline. I said, Josie, what'd you do? She told me what she did. I said, what's that mean? She says, spanking. I said, yes. But I said, Josie, I'm going to teach you something here. And this was the Lord. This wasn't me. This was totally him, the Lord, helping me to do this. But I said, Josie, I want to teach you something. And I said, can you say the word mercy? She's like, mercy? I said, mercy? I said, mercy is when you do something you know you shouldn't do. And you should be disciplined for it. You did something wrong. And you should be disciplined for it. But Josie, daddy's going to show you mercy. Mercy. And I'm not going to discipline you. I'm just going to talk with you. And she just kind of looked at me and was just kind of wondering a little bit. She probably felt awkward because it's like, oh, am I going to get a spanking later or now? Or And so I just kind of repeated some of those things. I'm going to show you mercy. You're not going to get a spanking. I love you. Give me a hug and kiss. And so I go into the other room, 
And uh, she walks into the room, and she comes, and she comes and sits by me, and she just said the word mercy. And I can tell it was, she was trying to grab a hold of it still, but it was clicking. And the rest of that night, she was, she was so tender towards me. There was something about her. I could tell that the Lord was ministering that to her. Even though she can't explain it, she doesn't know the definition and the meaning and all that stuff. But it had marked her and it had changed her disposition towards me. And it changed the way that she was beginning to relate to me. And so I want to say this, that it is the revelation of the tender mercies of God that keeps us ablaze, tender and near to him. We must not think that it is our great zeal, our consistent prayer life, or our commitment to a Bible reading plan that keeps us ablaze and tender to him. But it is first and primarily God's covenant to showing us mercy that allows us to obtain these things. In the Old Testament, when you see the word mercy, it's hesed. In other words, other words for mercy is loving kindness, steadfast love, compassion. Those are other words you see in the Old Testament that represent that attribute about the Lord. And here's the thing. It's, it's just not something the Lord does. It's who he is. And whenever he uses that word in the Bible, you'll see it in close context with his covenant. So he made a covenant with you and with me that he will always relate to us in tender mercies. I don't know if we believe that. God Almighty on the throne, he steps down, he becomes a man because he was seeking you and me. He was seeking to make us right with God. And he made a covenant with tender mercies for you and me. First Chronicles 21, it says, Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are very great. Psalm 25, where you're at in your Bible. Verse 10 says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. I remember there was a time also, so I shared one of my greatest father moments with the Lord. I also had a time where I was living in sin and I knew who the Lord was. And the Lord had come to me. He told me to stop doing it. I kept doing it. And there was a situation that very same day where I uh, 
had used someone else's contacts, eye contact solution and put my contacts in their solution. And in their solution, I guess they had alcohol in it. It was a type of different kind of contact solution. I didn't know that, and so I went to go put my contact in, and my eye literally started burning. And it instantly shut, and I could not open my eye. I'm in excruciating pain. I could not open my eye. It was totally shut. It gets red. It's burning. Eventually, I get the contact out. I go to the eye doctor, and he gives me some eye drops, and he said, hey, this will help within the next couple of hours. So I'm, all day, I'm just dropping them eye drops in. It doesn't get any better. And then later that night, I'm on my knees before the Lord, and I'm crying out to him saying, Lord, this, take this pain away. This is excruciating pain. And the Lord came to me and he said, Brandon, did I not tell you? Did I not tell you to stop committing that sin? And I, said, and I knew it was the Lord. I said, Lord, you are so right. And I just began to worship him. And I just declared, you, you are God. You are right. Forgive me. And beloved, let me tell you, that is God's tender mercy. Who knows what path I was heading down? His mercy is in all of his ways. We just read it. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. And do you believe that is what he has for you? That is his disposition towards you in your life. Mercy. Here's a couple of definitions of the word mercy. I want us to grab hold of this. I know, I really believe we need this in our community. You heard me share a couple of weeks ago, and I just feel like the Lord was saying, Brandon, don't move from this. We need to understand this. We need to ask the Lord to give us a revelation of his mercy towards us. To show mercy, it means to stoop down in kindness to an inferior. It means to have pity and to be actively compassionate. Another man says this, Mercy is the spontaneous, creative movement of life bestowing love that bends down whenever it detects misery. The mercy of God is the spontaneous, creative movement of life bestowing love that bends down whenever it detects misery. Some of you are miserable in your walk with the Lord. Some of you are miserable with your life. And you probably think the solution is, I need to pray more, I need to fast more, I need to go read my Bible more. I want to tell you today, you just need a revelation of the mercy of God. That he stoops down. It's not you going up to him, it's him coming to you. Another way to say it, that mercy is the active love of God 
that wants to fill every void and darkness in the human heart with life and joy. And how does he do that? Through his son, Jesus. That God has shown us a great mercy. He has shown us his tenderness. He has showed us his kindness in sending his son, Jesus. If you ask God, God, how did you show me mercy? When did you show me mercy? He did it already. He did it in sending his son, and he does it today. I was looking, I was searching this out in the Bible. Romans 12, it says, By the mercies of God, present yourselves a living sacrifice. First, uh, Second Corinthians talks about how God is the father of mercies. Mercies as in plural. As in there are different dynamics, different functions of the mercy of God. And when you look at the gospel, I believe there's five pillars to the gospel. It's his coming. The coming of Christ is pillar number one. The life and ministry of Jesus, pillar number two. The death and resurrection of Jesus, pillar number three. The ascension of Jesus, pillar number four. And the return of Jesus, pillar number five. And the Lord began to show me the dynamics of his mercy being fleshed out into those pillars. So Jesus coming to the earth, God manifested mercy in that. Well, you say, well, how did he do that? Because God, through his son, stepped down. John 1, it says, he came to his own. Mercy. You look in the life and ministry of Jesus. That's an easy one. How did God show mercy through the life and ministry of Jesus? It's all throughout the Gospels. The way Jesus interacted with everyone in the Gospels is the way he interacts with you and me. He told the Pharisees, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He tells us, Matthew 11, learn from me, for I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart. I'm all for the fire of God. I'm all for the power of God. I want, I want it. But there's something about us going to Jesus and learning gentleness, learning humility. I'm seeing something. The devil, you know, he has his counterfeits. He can counterfeit power. can counterfeit a miracle or sign or wonder. He can even counterfeit anointings and flows in a room and whatnot. But you know one thing he cannot counterfeit? It's mercy. The devil cannot show tenderness. He cannot show mercy. 
That's something he cannot counterfeit. And so Jesus tells us, if you want to know about this, you actually have to come to me. The devil won't show you. People around you won't show you. It's Jesus who shows us that. It's all throughout the Gospels he shows us that. We look at the death and resurrection of Jesus. God showing mercy through his death and resurrection. Here's what Isaiah says. Or sorry, Psalm 103, it says this. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not punished us according to our iniquities. Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And God has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Is that not the mercy of God? You know what the Bible says about those who commit sin, eternal death and punishment. But through the life, I'm sorry, through the death and resurrection of Christ, the mercy of God pours forth. And not only are our sins washed away, but also there's the resurrection of Christ where he imparts life. He imparts righteousness and holiness. It's the same righteousness of God. It's not a lesser portion or value. God who is on the throne, his very righteousness has been imputed to you and me. We were twisted. We, were, we loved sin. Some of us even here in the room, we still, we love the taste of sin. And yet God had an idea, more than an idea, a reality. I'm going to impute my righteousness on the inside of you. What? Why? Why would you do that, God? It is his tender mercies. The ascension of Christ. How does the mercy of God flow through his ascension? Well, we know Christ ascends to the Father. Guess who comes down? The Holy Spirit. He comes down. Now, He released gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He's released the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of Himself. We use for the ministry. But the Holy Spirit came down. He lives on the inside of you and me. Something the Holy Spirit's never done before. That is the mercy of God. He could have stopped at dying for our sins. He could have just said, you're forgiven. Won't deal with you according to your sins. I'll come get you later. He doesn't do that. He sends us his very spirit. That is his mercy. 
Then the fifth pillar, the return of Christ. This one we are still waiting upon. This is the final, I would say, this, the final seal of the mercy of God. If he, but if he's done four out of five, surely he will do the last one. In Revelation 4, there's a throne in heaven. And there's one upon the throne. It says, like a sardius jasper stone. The sardius jasper stone, it's a prophetic picture of a burning passion, a burning fire, brilliant light, glory, majesty. And then also, in that same verse, he said, I saw a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald. A rainbow like an emerald is connected to God's covenant to mercy. Like with Noah. So in the center of the throne, you see God in his majesty, his burning passion and fire and light. Around him is a covenant to mercy. So anytime we think we can approach God just on our own merit, it's not true. He has first made a covenant to mercy to you and me. Mike Bickle says this. He says, majesty without mercy crushes the very people that he has called to partner with him. The majesty of God on the throne without his mercy surrounding him, it would crush you. It would overwhelm us. We would fall down like the men in the Bible. We would not get back up. But God has made a covenant to mercy with you and with me. I think part of the reason the Lord is pushing me to seek out his mercy for our body. It's because of the world around us. That if we don't have a revelation of his mercy, if we don't encounter his mercy, we cannot show his mercy. You cannot do it. You may be able to do it one day for one moment, but after that you're done, you're tired. The disciples, they said, Lord, how often do we forgive someone? Seven times? Seven times I'm good. I'll go on about my day. I'm, that's enough. No, Jesus says 70 times seven. In other words, you can't do it without me. It is impossible for you to be merciful unless you come to me and learn from me. I don't know if you saw in the paper, in the ledger, new tactic in Lakeland's abortion battles. We are in an all-out war and fight for life in this generation. We are in a fight. We are in a battle. 
And as I shared a couple of weeks ago, we can either be like the disciples in Luke 9 and call down fire from heaven, or we can learn the mercy, the tenderness of God. Here's what David Wilkerson says. He says, our Lord doesn't fight with the weapons the enemy fights. Our God is going to combat the hatred and bitterness of the world, and he is going to do it with love and tender mercies. I want to read it again. He says, our Lord doesn't fight with the weapons that the enemy fights. Our God is going to combat the hatred and bitterness of the world, and he is going to do it with love and with tender mercies. That's his way. That's how he does it. There's something about mercy that it attracts, it pulls. And in our community, I believe this with all of my heart, that's what the Lord wants to do in you and in me. Do we show mercy to one another? Do we give room for growth? That's a dynamic of the mercy of God. He gives you room to grow. It's okay if you make a mistake. It's not the end of the world. And he's committed to teaching us. He's committed to sitting down with us and walking with us. So what I want to do here, maybe the last 10 minutes or so, I just want to invite us into an encounter with the Lord. This is not something that a man can give to you. You know, something, I'm learning this, mercy is not something that you can just, someone can just give to you. It's, it actually has to be ingrained into your character. Mercy has little to do with anointing. It actually has to do with your character. So you just can't say, Pastor, touch me on my way out and I'll be good. I'll be a messenger of mercy. No, you need to sit down. You need to learn from Jesus. He is gentle and he is humble in heart. So I'm just going to have Lisa continue to play. And if you just want to sit in your seat, if you want to come to the altar, but for the next maybe 10 or 12 minutes, I just want to help us grow in tenderness to the Lord, grow in tenderness to one another. So I'm just going to be quiet, and Lisa, you can play. <laughs> 